This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello, and welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, and I'm glad to have you back listening to another episode of our podcast. And I think you're going to enjoy our conversation today with Rob Lacasio, who's founder and CEO of Live Person. We've got some great perspective uh, that he's going to share on a global nature and some interesting approaches to customer experience and consumer protection. So welcome, Rob, and please uh, introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bob. I'm Rob Lacasio. I'm the founder and CEO of Live Person. Excellent. And Rob, how how did you get into this? What's kind of your career path and your your route to doing what you do today with Live Person? Yeah, I mean, I started Live Person in 95. I was, you know, building websites. And then in 1997, I invented web chat. And I really thought that there was this great need. Well, back then you had to like hang up your dial-up connection and make a phone call if you're on a website to answer, ask a question for customer care. And I just felt like at the point of need, I should be able to ask a question and have a conversation. I've always felt obviously that conversations power commerce. We see this in retail and we see this in the the offline retail world. And I thought, let's bring this, let's bring this online. Let's bring the humans back. That's why I named the company Live Person. And that's how we sort of got our start in 1997. And then about five years ago, we made a very large bet on AI And, and that machines could converse in the same quality as a human. And we kind of had some secret sauce to, to try doing that, which is our data and the, the amount of data we have um, from our 10,000 customers. And um, we basically wanted to see if we could not only make human agents, you know, these digital conversationalists, but make, uh, you know, the machines or what we call bots. I don't love the word bots, but but that's really what uh, that's what we're powering today. Great. So I, I, now I'm curious, Rob. Why don't you like the word bots? Because boy, are we using them a lot these days. Well, bots. You know, I, I feel like they're it's definitely a four-letter word most of the time, and they don't work too well. And part of that is that they're it's part technology. It's part that there's the way the bots construct and the tool set behind it usually is like a linear flow. And, and so what it does a lot of times, it just doesn't understand us. And even if it understands us, it tries to take us down a path that we may or may not want to go. So the ability to truly have an understanding of a person's intent, and that's what we call, we have this thing called intent manager, and then to build that bot that could handle that intent. And then we have humans that could, you know, manage the bots, like, like bots are humans. So we have these, we have this thing called a tango where the human and the bot work together. And all of that sort of, you know, creates this really phenomenal conversation where most of the time the bots, they just fail and says, call me. 
our our in our system we have all the technology even to know if a bot is giving uh, providing positive or negative sentiment we have a thing called we create a scoring mechanism called max meaningful automation connection score and we see that a human talks differently with with automations and so we created a score just for this so that um we could see hey if the bot's failing don't let it fail you know jump in or change it so that that's really we what why i think bots most of the time are just very unsophisticated versus what we're providing mm -hmm. so did i understand you correctly rob that uh we as consumers will speak differently if we know we have a bot and we're engaged with a bot yeah we actually have two scoring mechanisms we have one called meaningful connection score which is called mcs which is human to human and then we did one called max meaningful automation connection score which is human to machine because we see that when humans engage with a bot they they kind of change how their language and how they communicate so we want to capture that so we can understand how that gets interpreted on the platform that's that's really fascinating before we jump into our topic today i'm just curious what would be a typical engagement for live person industries or what what does something like that look like where you and your company get involved with an organization i mean yeah we have some of the biggest industries like um where they have the largest contact centers you know which would be telco banking health insurance <coughs> excuse me those are our largest and those are the ones that you know we also have retail we have like some of the biggest retailers in the world and some of the biggest home improvement companies in the world and you know, we have Chipotle for burrito. They're ordering people are ordering burritos and picking them up at the at the door. So we we but the the big industries we go after are ones where there's just a lot of humans doing work. And what you realize, I've been in this industry for now, you know, over 20 years, is what you realize is that the human is really a person that's in between a back-end system and a consumer's intent. That's really what a contact center agent is in 2021. Somewhere in the past, yes, they had all these relationships and they would talk to someone and, and, and there's, a, that, there's a concept that they're relationship people, which they can be, but for most consumers in this day and age, they just want a question answered and they don't want to wait on, on hold on a phone call. They don't want to press one, two or three and get routed to someone. They just want to answer a question, get a response, maybe answer a follow-up question, get a response. The, the whole answer, asking and answering questions is hard and and that's what we do very well the back end systems is really the last you know the long pole in the tent now is there's some legacy systems out there that just don't have access for digital systems you know what we call apis rob you you uh, really hit the nail on the head with what consumers want for their experiences why, why do you think it's so difficult for organizations to deliver those basic concepts of, I have an inquiry, answer my inquiry so I can move on and, and buy or work with your company? You know, it's just, it's, it's really, it's, it's the legacy systems is that mm -hmm. it's just that there's these systems that are not being upgraded and they're old and they don't allow for a lot of, um, you know, digital connective tissue. And that's what it is. There's also just a legacy thinking about voice. And people forget, like the, the big buyers right now are millennials. And that's, you know, 30-somethings and below. And that's the, that's the big population. This group of people didn't grow up on 
you know, calling an 800 number. But a lot of people who run contact centers grew up on an 800 number. And there's a perspective that that's, that's what I want. I would never message, right? Mm-hmm. I never talk to a bot. I need to talk to a human when things are really important and we're a bank. And the reality is it's not true. It's, it's really not true. It's just, it's perspective. So, you know, during COVID, a lot of these contact centers shut down and we grew, you know, we really grew a lot. And, you know, from there where we, we saw a massive shift from humans because humans were sent home. A lot of them couldn't come back online to automation. So there's definitely been a driver to automation. And that's a great lead in Rob, uh, from a standpoint of where are we at from your perspective in terms of the customer experience and customer service, pandemic, supply chain crisis, labor shortages, um, you work with a lot of big clients. You have a global perspective. Share with our listeners what your view is of where we're at right now in 2021. You know, I think there's there's the same challenges in the contact center world as there is everywhere. You know, the, the, well, first of all, the contact center world sometimes, on average, you would have 30, 40 percent of people who work there leaving every year. That's the attrition rate. That's kind of normal. And there's this perspective that people work in contact centers just don't really want to do these jobs and they move on. It's actually not true. The agents in contact centers are phenomenal people. They're usually very customer focused, customer centric, but they get beaten down by taking phone calls every day and people screaming at them, not because they're doing bad work. It's just there's the, between the back end systems and the, the put on holds by the time a consumer shows up to someone, they're like, I'm going to hold for a half an hour. I don't like you. And so they get worn down and and so, you know, I remember we once did a, we did a, um, a customer event and one of our customers, one of the big telcos in the UK, their agents came and spoke about doing messaging. This wasn't even bots, it was just doing messaging. And they, and a woman cried, this, this agent cried. And she said, I, I was about to quit the company and I love this company. I just can't take the phone calls. Like it's, I've been doing this for seven years and I'm just, I'm beat up. But I got on messaging and it was like silent. People message, but not screaming at you. It's asynchronous. So they understand like there may be a pause or a break, or I need to do something with a backend system, but they're not sitting on hold. It's like, you know, it's like when you text a friend and you wait a little bit and you know, hey, I'll be with you in five minutes, no problem. And they said, it just was a relief. So there's that part. Then there's the part of we're really transforming agents into bot builders. And, you know, they are the best conversationalists in the world. And we're shifting them to building bots and, and doing that at scale. And we've had some great success with that. And we've de- designed our tools specifically so those agents can build those bots. Rob, tell me a little bit more about that. What do you mean by building the, that having agents build the bots? That sounds very interesting. Yeah, you know, I mean, when we started our, it's about four years ago, we added the capabilities of bot building into our platform. I remember I, I went down to a group of agents in the Dominican Republic and they managed, they were chat agents at the time, managing one of our home improvement um, companies, one of the large ones in the US. And I went down there and I showed them a, a bot tool that we were designing. And it was kind of, we were kind of looking at how other companies did it. And it's more like flow charts. You build these like Gantt charts and that's how you create a conversation. So we had agents play with it and they were like, I don't get this. This is so confusing. And it's like, gets unwieldy with a lot of intents. And so I said, well, what would you like? And they said, well, we would like to write a conversation like a piece of poetry. And, 
and that's really what um, we ended up doing. We created a way for them to write natural language as they're writing. With the, there's a bot that helps them through that. They can connect backend systems. So it says like, hey, you know, I, I see you want an outdoor grill. Here's the selection in your area. They can pull an API to do a dip into a backend system to look at what outdoor grills are available, let's say in a, in a store or online. And that's, that's, that's what we built. And that's our conversation builder. And I'm really proud of it. It's funny. I was out with a, a customer, a potential customer uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and they were saying, well, your product doesn't have this Gantt chart that, you know, doesn't have this flow chart and stuff. I don't know why you didn't do it. And I'm like, cause it doesn't work. And I explained why it doesn't work if you want to scale, because a lot of times they have technical people building bots and technical people are not conversationalists. They have marketing people build it or mostly digital people build it. And the, they're not contact center people. The best people to transform the world to conversational AI is the agents in the contact center. They're there and it's a great life and they can double their salary. So it's kind of a win-win-win. Rob, that is really awesome. I, I mean, I've spent 25 years in running global contact center operations and when I join a new company, the first place I go is to frontline agents because they know the intricacies of the policies, procedures, the experience. They know all the, the scars that the organization has. They're there fighting uh, the battle every single day. And for you and your company to engage them, that is really awesome. And they must, as you just said, must be feeling really good when they're able to do that and, and, and get more money as a result but improve the experience for customers. I love this approach. Exactly, exactly. That's awesome. Um, so Rob, talk to me a little bit about, the, the, another component of our conversation was really this concept of um, consumer protection and how through customer experience and AI, we can protect consumers better. I really have found that to be a fascinating subject. Tell me a little bit more about what you and Live Person are doing in that area. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we look at consumer data and, and, and I think about um, if we're talking from that perspective, we want the consumers ultimately to own their own data, actually own the AI. You know, where we're moving is that when you show up to a brand, it's your AI. Right now, it's their AI that's answering questions. We want to show up and say, hi, Bob, how are you doing? And have you have a lot more control over that bot, like it's, been, like it's there for you, like it's a gift for you. Yeah. And, and we are looking at, you know, how can we enable a lot more power? We want to put more and more power you know, into the consumer. And that's really what our focus is all the time. We're, we're, we're putting power into the brand so the brand can stay connected to the consumer. They don't have to like go back and buy them through Google and Facebook. Once they connect to a consumer on their mobile device through messaging, they're there forever. But the flip side is really how do we, you know, benefit the consumer and, um, you know, and their data and their ability to own their relationship with these bots. Like it's like it's theirs. That's kind of the vision that we're, we're working on. So that seems to me to be unique. And, and just my reaction is, um, I, you know, consumers probably don't realize that that's a benefit to them. And uh, you don't often hear of that approach. I don't think I've heard of that approach. 
except how you've just described it. And it seems really important for me as a consumer. Um, how did you develop that? How did you look at that and say, this is the approach we need to take? Because it's our vision. It's our ultimate vision. My, our ultimate vision of our company is to create an AI that would live in your home that is yours, that you can name, that would go out and fulfill your most important intentions. Hey, can I get a, a tutor for my kid? I want to take a trip to Italy. I need to pay a bill at whatever, you know, some, some telco. And, and that's kind of the ultimate destination of our company is we want to deliver a consumer experience. We, we want to create a, a, a consumer experience that lives in the home, lives on device, and that, that's kind of where we're going. So, so that's the vision I kind of set forth on about seven years ago. And that, that's what we're executing on today. We're just laying the groundwork brick by brick Mm-hmm. To, to, to get that big vision. I, like, I don't think Alexa is the, I don't think Alexa is the place. I just think we, we have a very low trust for Amazon and something being in our home. We tolerate it and we let it play music and turn on lights, but it's not truly conversational. And it's not solving a lot of my most important intents because the supply of intents has to be given by other brands outside of Amazon. And Amazon is a kind of a walled garden. They want the control. Mm-hmm. So, how far along are we, Rob, in this in this approach to AI? Because you know we we read a lot about it, we talk a lot about AI. Um, uh, you know, I, I I talk to a lot of technology leaders that talk about AI, and that some talk about how advanced it is, some talk about we're still not there, some talk about consumer acceptance. Where, where do you think? we're at with the kind of vision you just laid out. I mean, for as far us, as the consumer is concerned. Yeah. I mean, for us, we, we just, we're, we're, we're the big piece that we're building right now that we'll have out in the first half of next year is voice and voice AI. So really like we just bought two companies, one called voice base and tenfold, but we're building the core. We bought them to create richer voice conversations. And so, you know, we are adding voice, which is a big piece because if I just go, the first stage is about 28% on average, let's say of our, let's say 28% of the conversations, this is average across our customers, they've gone to messaging and they've automated a lot of that. The best customer we have is a big telco in Australia. They did 70% of their contact volume now is in messaging and only 30% is left in voice. And they've automated 50% of that. So they're doing very well. They've been with us for about two years. So, you know, that's, that's kind of stage one, but there's still a lot of voice out there. So putting the voice in front of traditional voice, our voice and automating it and making this really beautiful experience and letting people feel like they own the AI is like the first step. And then the step behind that is, you know, bringing that to people's homes. And that's really where we're our end destination. So I don't think we're so far out a few years from now, we'll be there. Um, you know, but that, that's really what we're focused on. Listeners, you're tuned in to the All Things Considered CX podcast. Rob Lacascio from a live person, the CEO of Live Person is, is joining us talking about some really interesting applications for AI and uh, what the future looks like for the customer experience. So Rob, continuing our conversation along these lines, as we emerge eventually from the pandemic, I don't 
think it's ever going to go away, but we learn to manage it and, and emerge from it. What are you and Lai person looking at in terms of where the customer experience is headed? In other words, what have we learned from navigating this pandemic and all the other crises to go with it? And where, where do you think we're headed with it? And have we learned anything from it as organizations working to improve their experience? Yeah, I mean, there was some big aha moments, especially in retail, which is there is a total disconnection with the consumer. Like if you had a store, all of a sudden you're gone and that's scary. And so that just drove a thinking about how do I stay connected with my consumers? And that, and that's really what this is all about. In, in conversational AI, what we can do is we combine the marketing, sales, service, all that is in one experience. You, know, so you don't like go to a website, then pick up a phone call, then send in an email, and then get a marketing campaign on Google. And it's all there. You stay connected to someone. You're messaging like you would message them as a friend and family, whether it's automation or a human. You're staying connected with them. When they buy something, they could buy it in the messaging framework. When you ship it, you tell them you shipped it. All that stuff is happening. And, and care, marketing. So it all should be a connected experience. And this, this concept of omni-channel, which everyone's talked about, like meet the customer where they are. So that means like if they send in an email and do a phone call, just let them do that. Now, people mostly use their mobile devices to message. That's like the number one app. They're not phoning anyone. So if you align to that alone, that, that consumer experience, that's behavioral, it's already changed in the consumer. The rest of it's kind of easy because you're meeting them in what I'll call the uni channel. It's like the one place and then you can design everything around. Now, the second part is that Google sort of set the parameters to how your website should look and feel. That's your, like your digital property. Maybe your app's a little different. Most apps look a lot, a lot alike, but most websites are alike because Google says you got to have top nav and a certain amount of content and bottom nav and links. And if you don't do that, we won't index you for SEO. They took the, the creativity out of it. So the Ferrari website looks the same as the Ford website in many ways. You know, the Louis Vuitton website looks the same as the Target website. And it just can't be because their stores and experiences are very different. So with conversational commerce and conversational AI, you're really able to create the, the unique experience. There is no, no one dictates the form factor, the, the CX. You get the shape if it's Pepper the bot, which is the one that Chipotle is using, or it's something else with someone else. You, you get to, to name it. You get to create it. You, you get to create the experience. You get to talk a certain way to your consumers. You get to show them a certain experience. That, that's the thing that I think makes it really powerful. You're not under the hand of these rules, which don't serve brands. They only serve Google and Facebook. I just think that, you know, as, as customer experience professionals, that's what we're striving for, right? The unique experience, going to where the customer wants to interact with us and making sure those experiences are, are significant and, and that's exactly what you're talking about and really should be uh, hitting home to the listeners uh, who are striving for that kind of experience. And Rob, I like the fact that you commented on omni-channel because do I sense the fact you think it might be um, passe now as far as the omni-channel when you've talked about the uni-channel? Yeah, I, I think we've been talking, 
been the industry like you have, you know, for a very long time. And people have been talking about that. They've been talking about that. You know, people have been talking about Omnichannel and all that. And I, it just, I've never seen it. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen the connection between a physical store and a digital property. I've never seen the connection between a contact center's voice call and an email. Like it may happen and it does happen sometimes. And maybe somebody does it kind of right. But that concept, it's just, it was, it was created by the voice contact center providers because they, they knew they were commoditizing and they wanted to change their CX message to be like, we're more than voice. We're the omni-channel platform. And remember they said we're omni-channel. We do voice plus we do email plus we do store plus we do, and they don't do anything. They just do voice and then they confuse the rest of it with the stuff, but it allowed them to keep the budget. It allowed them to go after some budgets that normally they weren't after. So I get it. But the reality is if, if anyone is out there who's run contact centers or run care operations, it's hard to bring that together with voice being at the center because it's not a digital, it's not a digital channel. So true. And, and also I, I um, uh, want to, emphasize your point about the millennial buying population because they make up the labor population and, and they buy differently. And it's not right or wrong, it's just different. And to your point, uh, we're trying to apply the same principles we did with a different generation to this generation and it might not be as successful. Uh, one other question um, along, this, along these lines, uh, Rob, is, Obviously, you're dealing with some very large clients. How do you envision the day when AI will be available? Obviously, you talked about in the home, but what about for organizations that might be small businesses, mid-sized businesses? Is this uh, going to become affordable for them as well to improve their experiences? It's affordable today. I mean, we, we're a cloud provider. We provide it on sort of a per-drink basis, like most cloud providers. And yeah, I mean, we... We want it. We have small businesses. We have, you know, a bunch of car. We I think we have like three, four thousand car dealerships, and we've got all sorts of companies using our platforms. Obviously, we got the large companies too, but but it, it was never built just for the enterprise because it would it would be a much more. It's a very powerful set of tools, very powerful. But we we spent a lot of time on our own CX to make it so it, you don't have to be an enterprise. You don't have to throw a bunch of people at it. And that's really what we're, you know, what we're, what we're after. Excellent. Rob, what do you think the future is going to hold? Not just for AI, but in general, um, your thoughts on that in terms of customer experience? Yeah. Technology? I, I, yeah. I think there's a, there's a couple of things. I mean, I, I've gotten in the last year very, very focused and, or, you know, curious about a blockchain and crypto. And if you're in technology, there's a lot going on in there. And uh, we have signed a few of the large companies in there, like Consensus, which is a MetaMask wallet and some others. And, and there's a, we're starting to think there like a different care model, like a distributed care model where the agents sit in like a distributed uh, platform and they're making bots and the brands are paying, but they don't, they're not sitting in the brand's contact centers or they're employees of the brands. They're, they're on their own. And, and, and there's tokenization around that where you, you incentivize them to tokens and stuff and crypto. 
because that's the way that world is. That that's that's the way that world's been constructed. So, you know, if you think about Bitcoin, and I, I know it sounds like you're probably like it's going off piece, but it's not. There's we're already up 100 million people joined it this year into crypto. There'll be 500 million next year. It's 200 million. That's it's really moving. Why? Because it has some principles that are important. You own your own data. Okay, like you don't share your data. It's trustless where there's no broker in between you and an event. Like if I want to lend money to someone, I'm lending it through a protocol. So the, the, they're creating experiences and around also a distributed model. Like there's no employees, like who runs Bitcoin? Think of it. This is the most pervasive brand in the world right now. There's tens of thousands of people who are involved actively with it all day, who are making money from it, who are not employees, who there's, there's millions of people using this product, finding it quite good. And, and yet it's, it's all distributed. So I think if we look at a world, if I go out 20, 30 years, whatever, and that's why I, if I'm going to go out that far, I, I think we're going to have more of a distributed organization type thing. I think that changes a contact center and consumer experience. Like how do you have it that your fans are providing support? And I know we tried this with forums and all that, but you got to really incentivize people. So I just think there's a model out there that will enable more of a decentralized model than these large contact centers. And I think that's where we're headed very shortly. And I think these crypto companies are working with, we're working with them on new care models. They don't want to open contact centers. They can't scale people quick enough to open contact centers. So they, they really need a new model to do, to do customer care. That, that's really interesting. You're talking about crypto and Bitcoin blockchain. We, uh, I, I'm also an instructor at uh, University of Minnesota Carlson School of Business and our students in supply chain were just having a conversation about those very things and what the future holds and, and uh, aligned really well to how you described it. So it's good to get that affirmation for my students that they're headed in the right direction with their Absolutely. view of that. Exactly, yeah. stay on that direction. I will, I will do that for sure. Uh, Rob, this has been a really fascinating conversation uh, and so focused on the contact centers and how we can look at these differently. Um, I always like to ask our, our guests for uh, some final words of wisdom for our listeners. Um, and so I'll, I'll open it back up to you for any final thoughts you have. Look, customer experience is like, you know, I think it's one of the most creative, most um, exciting places to be. And I just think just if you're out there, just push the envelope. Like it's easy to come into a job and like there's a certain experience and you get very frustrated and there's a lot of reasons why you can't change things. But I found working with even big brands when a person really takes the initiative and, and, and I've met, a, you know, the really called obviously early adopters and champions and stuff. They don't lose their jobs for making change. I just never seen it. You know, I just think if you stick to your guns, you have a vision of a consumer experience for the company you're in, just execute it. Like, and there'll be a lot of roadblocks because change is always, you know, hard, but get the vision that you want out and it'll probably be better than what they're doing today. So just don't quit, you know, stay with it. Rob, that's, those are excellent words of wisdom. And I know uh, many of our listeners 
struggle against that, but we'll be encouraged by your experiences and, and your words of wisdom. So we appreciate it. Uh, listeners, you've been tuned into this podcast with Rob Lacasio, who's founder and CEO of Live Person. Uh, we thank Rob for joining us today. And as always, listeners, stay tuned for another episode of All Things Considered CX, part of the CXFM radio podcast network. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your network. And until we have another podcast time together, thank you. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, follow me on LinkedIn, and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, and visit CXofM.org for more resources.